Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have it get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Scoop radio. On your airwaves, on the plane, on the train, in the crib while you guys are still quarantined. I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Scoop B, Instagram and Snapchat at Scoop underscore B. And make sure, most importantly, that you subscribe to the Scoop B radio podcast on all platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn App, Stitcher App, or simply by visiting scoopbradio.com. We're trying to find some sports somewhere, and uh, a guy that knows a little bit about football uh, is a guy that I finally got you on the show, Nate Burleson. You can catch him on Good Morning Football on NFL Network, as well as CBS Sports on the NFL Today. And my man is also corresponding on Extra. You, you all over the place. I'm working, man. Trying to stay busy as ever. You know, it's uh, it's uh, something in me that that needs to be as creative as possible. So, um, with uh, all these opportunities, I'm going to keep taking advantage and uh, spread myself as much as I can to show the versatility. As the Wu Tang Clan said on the Dave Chappelle show, you're diversifying your bonds. One hundred percent. That's exactly <laughs> what it is, my brother. One hundred. Nate Burleson is uh, a seventy, the seventy-first pick in the two thousand three NFL Draft. Spent time with the Minnesota Vikings, Seattle Seahawks, Detroit Lions, Cleveland Browns. I'm gonna start off. I'm gonna cut to the chase from the beginning. What do you make of Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Man, that shocked me. Um, it, it truly did. I, I did not think that Tom Brady would end up leaving the, the Patriots. You know, I, I just thought because of his legacy being so strong in Boston, um, you know, the system that he was playing in, um, the coaches that he's been playing with, you know, Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, I just thought that it would be um, a, a, a cold day in 18 double hockey sticks before Tom Brady left to play somewhere else. And, and maybe I'm just scoring uh, by watching Jordan play with the Wizards. So I just always thought if you're a legend and you're playing 15, 16, 17 years somewhere, um, just retire in that jersey. Because even if you have bad years, like the, the the team that it has cheered for you for so long 
they're going to give you that respect. It's like they're not going to old yell at you. They're not going to take the dog out back. They're going to like they're going to allow you to kind of bow out gracefully. But when you're an OG and you change jerseys and the expectations are so high, man, the Buccaneers fans, if, if Tom starts throwing picks or things aren't going well, and they're going to be vicious. They are going to be vicious. So, um, you know, I I hope that he finds success um, because if he does, I think it's the boldest free agent move in sports history. Uh, just at this age, him going out there, and if he takes him to the playoffs, let alone win a Super Bowl, I tell you what, man, that would be the ultimate, um, you know, pat on the back because people have always said he's the greatest quarterback, but people have always questioned, always questioned whether another quarterback could have flourished in that system, whether he's the greatest system player of all time, along with being the GOAT. You made a mention to, you know, I'm a basketball guy. You made mention to Michael Jordan uh, wearing a Wizards jersey as opposed to a, a Bulls jersey. I, I take that and I raise you this. When you look at Tom Brady and the move to the Buccaneers, do you liken it more to Joe Montana going to the Chiefs, to the Chiefs from the 49ers, or do you liken it more to Brett Favre leaving the Packers and going to the New York Jets? So that's a tough question. Um I would say far going to the Jets because you, you didn't necessarily think that the Jets were contenders. And then when Favre showed up, it's like, okay, now they're for real. Um, you know, I would also throw in Peyton Manning to the Broncos. The only difference is mm-hmm. there was a succession plan that the Colts had in Andrew Luck, and the Broncos had a tremendous defense, which is why – um, he ended up winning that Super Bowl the year after he got there, and that was at the very end of his career. So I, I would say it's more far to the Jets. Um, but, you know, this is this is a story that we've seen time and time again. Um, it mm-hmm. just doesn't happen when you're the greatest player of all time. Like, it, it would have been like um, Kobe Bryant leaving after, rest in peace, to the legend, it, it would have been like Kobe Bryant leaving the Lakers. And remember, there were rumors. It was like, yeah. you know what? You know, Kobe Bryant, he, he's unhappy, and, you know, he wants more talent around him. And, you know, he, he's explored options of playing elsewhere. And I honestly believe Kobe thought about it. Um, mm-hmm. And if he would have went somewhere else, you know, let's say Kobe Bryant went to, like, bro, like, I don't know, man. Like, the Clippers. The Clippers at that time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or I would say somebody even worse, though. Because the Clippers always had Doc and they always had talent, but I mean, say say Kobe packed up his bags and he he went to give me a bad team out of the East, man. Like the uh, the, the the Hornets. The, yeah, you know Back what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Say he went there, we'd be like, wow, you know what I'm saying? That's crazy. So um, I I just I just feel like when Brady left, um, he 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 did that because he has the ultimate faith in his talent. And if he does, man, I, it would be great to see him successful. But one thing I, I do want to see on the flip side of this is maybe the reason why they let him go is because Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels and everybody within that organization feel like they can do it with any other quarterback. They know that when they had Matt Castle, um, they, they won 11 games. So Bill Belichick, if he sits back and he brings in somebody, whether he's Jason Stidham, who's behind uh, um, Tom Brady now, or uh, 
my my hope to the football gods is that I know word is Jameis is going to sign with the Washington Redskins, but what if Bill Belichick took Cam Newton or Jameis Winston and turned that quarterback into a Super Bowl champ? Like what That's what that I was going to ask you. I was going to say if, if, if you if you're if you're Cam Newton, do you rise to that occasion? Yeah, no doubt. If you're Cam Newton, and you have an opportunity to go play for Bill Belichick. You better take advantage of that and, and do that because there's no better coach that can put you in position to be successful. And and here's the thing, man. Like if if he does that, bro, I'm trying to tell you. That will solidify Bill Belichick as the goat of all goats. Yeah. Scoopy Ready on the line with Nate Burleson talking all things football. Bro, you played um, in 2006. You signed a seven-year deal uh, with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, And if I'm not mistaken, you played with Sean Alexander. Yep. I feel like he does not get the the, the, the respect that he's due. I was ha- comparatively having this conversation uh, with some people about guys in the NBA, how, like, Tim Duncan is, like, boring. So he's not outrageous. He's not outlandish. So people don't always give him his just due as one of the top big men in the, in the NBA. When I look at Sean Alexander, I don't see him as a loudmouth uh, wide receiver, excuse me, a loudmouth running back. Why do you think people don't give him the love that he really should get, or do you see it otherwise? It's just that, you know, he's a a quiet individual that um, didn't go out there and talk about how great he was. He'd rather do it on the field. And I also believe because it was a small window of time where um, a small window of time where he was, he was the best running back in football. um, It's like I always say, man, football is like fast food. People will appreciate it while they're eating it, but they always are looking forward to the next meal. So it's fast food football. Like people did appreciate that that window uh, of time where Tom was cooking. I mean, where uh, Sean was cooking, um, but he was also sandwiched in between guys that were dominated, like Curtis Martin before him, and then uh, Ladainian Tomlinson after. So when you're sandwiched in in between guys that are as impactful even more within their organization, you'll constantly get overshadowed. That's real. That's real. When you look at the NFL uh, this off season, what what uh, do you think that the league is taking cues from the NBA on how to handle a lot of this stuff going on? Do you see what's going on with coronavirus potentially affecting you guys this season as, as we wait? Yeah, no doubt about it, man. Um, you know, when it when it comes to like handling certain issues, I feel like the NBA is usually at the forefront of a lot of this, um, you know, and let me sidetrack for a quick second. Um, even when it comes to small things like CBD and cannabis, the NBA, they've been on that. And whether you want to say they're too lax on their players, um, now you see the NFL make an announcement that they're going to loosen up uh, their drug testing. So uh, guys can uh, benefit from using cannabis. And I say benefit because oftentimes, uh, you know, as players, we get banged up and, the organization or the medical staff or the training room, they'll peddle you opioids that are there to mask uh, certain injuries or uh, help you with inflammatory issues. And that stuff can destroy you from the inside out. So um, now with everybody seeing the benefits of cannabis, 
it's like, you know what, let's allow our guys to use this if it's going to allow these guys to be less stressful and better athletes on the field. And the reason I went on that tangent is because when the NFL did it, we all looked at the NBA and basically tipped our hat and was like, okay, you guys are first, we're paying attention. <laughs> and when it comes to uh, everything going on with Corona, same thing. The NBA was out in front of it. They were like, look, we're shutting it down. And they were one of the first ones to talk about playing without fans. And I remember the media ran up on LeBron after a game, and he's like, I ain't playing without fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think he understood the severity of what was going on. Like, we all we all didn't really understand it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, this coronavirus has this pretty much quarantined, um, self-isolating, a very, very odd time for people that are comfortable. Um, I know it's it's not too too crazy for them, but uh, I constantly think about those little kids who are out of school that needed that meal. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, um, so it's just tough, man. And, and like I said on the show, uh, as a country, even globally, we always find a way to have each other's back during dark times. But when the sun comes out and we get back to normal, like let's like let's all remember this. Like, humanity should remember a moment in time where we all were looking out for each other. Because as soon as, uh, you know, this train gets gets to rolling on the tracks, everybody goes back in their in their box. And sometimes being in in your box, it's like a, it's like a self-isolation that you do in, in everyday life, which causes a disconnect between humans. Nate, do you see Antonio Brown, A, returning to the NFL, B, joining Tom Brady in Tampa Bay with the Buccaneers. I do. I do. I feel like the league is forgiving. Um, I feel like the league also loves superstars. Um, So, you know, with Antonio, um, you know, he's one of those individuals that if he just tightened up the stuff that he was going through, um, I think we'll we'll see him back in the league sooner than later. Um, You know, obviously he has um, been through a whirlwind. And I'm talking about personally, a lot of turmoil and issues um, that he brought upon himself. But if you look at him, he's working out every day. He's doing a lot of stuff with kids. I think he he proposed to his is uh, the mother of his children. So um, he he's mended that relationship. And I, I feel like with guys going through things on such a grand scale in front of the world, you got to work from the inside out. I think initially, Antonio Brown was trying to on the show for the world, you know, everything that was going on with Oakland and, and the helmet and him wanting to play in New England, it's like he was on the stage and he was just performing his life in front of people that really don't care for him. Hmm. Uh, they just they just want you to dance. It's like you're on, you're on a talent show and as soon as you stop dancing, they'll disregard you. So, um, you know, I think working inside out is what he's doing. He's fixing himself and then he's mending that relationship with uh his his wife to be which is important because you know she's the mother of his kids and and i i do feel like he'll have a chance to play again um the leash is a little bit shorter but what makes you you know what makes me think that's a possibility is that tweet that Tom put out like a month ago when Antonio brown was doing his apology tour and he's reaching out to all these different organizations saying i'm sorry my bad i was tripping and then tom put a heart emoji under um, uh, under one of his tweets. And I'm like, oh, oh wait a minute. And on top of that, people <laughs> people forget that uh, through six degrees of separation, Bruce Arians was one of his coaches in, uh, in, um, in uh, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. 
I've been paying attention to you on IG story the last few days. Bro, you brought the Nintendo out. You playing you introduced your kids out. to Nintendo. Talk to me. What's up? Man, I, I got all the systems. You know, we got the PS four and 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 the and the Xbox. You know, we, we do our thing when it comes to the updated technology, but I've been collecting all of these systems over the years. Um mm-hmm. and Nintendo was the first system that I fell in love with, even though I played Atari, like I'm thirty eight years old, so I played Atari before um, that, and and I remember telling myself, as I get older, I want to collect them. And I, I got the Nintendo, the Sega, I have the uh, 64, and I have the PS1. So um, I don't have the Dreamcast. I really was never really into that system, but I got the main <laughs> one. I got the main one. Okay. I think you're sleeping on, on, on it, but I'm going to tell you something. When you talk about Dreamcast, you know that Dreamcast was the first system to allow you to play online, except it was dial-up. It was ahead of the game. And, and Dreamcast was the first system to use the uh, that toggle remote. Yeah. Uh, and and it also was the first system to use the disc. Yeah. Like Dreamcast, Dreamcast was official. Like, I'm not sleeping on it. I know it was ahead of its time. It was definitely revolutionary. You know what I'm saying? What do you think about 2K in the NFL coming back together again? Do you remember NBA or NFL 2K and NFL 2K1? Of course I do, fam. Yeah, I remember it. I feel like the, the, it's it's a necessity. I was kind of hurt that Madden basically monopolized the market and was like, y'all got to kick rocks. Um, but I heard they're coming back, and it's going to be it, it's going to be more of a manager role, but cause I, guess, I guess you can't play the actual gameplay. Madden has the rights to that. Right. Um, so I'm I'm excited, man. I, I, and, and you know, here's the thing with fantasy football and that being so popular, maybe they can, you know, approach it from that standpoint and just basically, you know, treat the game like uh, you're the owner or the GM of of these teams. Where were you the first time that you played? Would you played as yourself on Madden? Oh, well, the first time I ever played uh, with myself was actually, uh, it was the NCAA. Okay. When I was in college. Yeah. So the NCAA was, that was an a, a incredible, incredible system. And I remember me balling out one year, then the next year we bought it on PlayStation, and I was rocking the number 80 with without my name on the back, of course, because they right. were trying to pay the players, which is why that game actually ended up, um, you know, being uh, being discontinued. But then I got in the league in 03, and I bought the Madden. I bought the game every single year. Of course. <laughs> you mean? Yeah, man. Of course. Yeah, I often ask people that. Like, I, I was with uh, Juvenile a couple months ago, and I asked him where he was the first time. Like, what NBA arena was he in the first time he heard uh, his song playing? And he he told me he was in Charlotte, and um, you know those those are humble beginnings. So yeah, I was curious on your end. Like that's funny. I got I, I got a funny story about Juvie. Uh, so I uh, I was in uh, Cleveland playing for the Browns at the end of my career, and I went to uh, M MGK. Uh, M, uh, uh, MGK had a, a had like a he does like a festival out there or something like that. Like a 
like uh you know like a a concert series mm-hmm. um of over a few days deep deep in the cut it took us like an hour to get that one with andrew hawkins who is uh one of my homeboys and a, a beast on tv and, and media mm-hmm. um he knew mgk so we get there and uh i'm tipsy i'm lit there's a whole bunch of concerts food everywhere and at the end of the night, we was in the back where, you know, the celebs and the athletes hang out. And I saw Juvia. And I went to the Juvia. I'm like, Juvia, what's up, man? Like, <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm a big fan, bro. And he's like, oh, that's what's up, man. Yeah, yeah, I know who you are. And um, and he was he was lit, too. And I was lit. And I was like, this is my shot. And I started freestyling for him. Like, I was trying to get signed. <laughs> and Andrew Hawkins was looking at me. He's like, bro. What are you doing? I was like, I'm trying to make it, man. I got to make it out here. And he thought that was so funny, bro. And, I, and look, looking back, I was, I think, man, there might be a picture or a video out there somewhere where he took it of me literally in Juvie's ear freestyling. And Juvie was so uninterested because he just, he was lit. <laughs> Yo. So, yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> Can you imagine that, bro? And Andrew's like, what are you doing? I was like, Bro, I'm, I gotta make it, bro. What are you talking about? That's my one shot. He's like, you're in the NFL. Are you talking about make it? <laughs> He's like, you're good. I'm like, I don't know. I had to. I had to. Oh my god. You was you was trying to get you was trying to get signed for cash money. For Man, the I'm trying to get young. You feel me? I was trying to get signed, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna put that 400 degree part three out. Lord, Lord. What's your playlist looking like while you're indoors? Um, heavy, heavy on the Royce the Five Nine. Um, I I feel like Royce the Five Nine is one of the most lyrically inclined um, artists to ever walk this earth. Uh, he just dropped the album too. That's fire, um, and the evolution of his music is perfect. It's kind of like in the beginning he he was finding himself as an artist, and then now it's like poetry, man. So I, I rock with Royce, uh, and I I'll dive back into just older stuff, man. Like. You know, the '80s baby, raised in the '90s, influenced by the 2000s. So, I'll uh, I'll, I'll pick an artist and just rock with them all day. Like I'll just be like, you know what? Let me listen to Game. You know, let me go all Jay Z today. You know what I'm saying? Let me get some some Big Daddy Kane in here. You know what I'm saying? Let me let me. I want to listen to Eminem. Let me go listen to Crazy Eminem in his first few albums. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I usually like dive into an artist. I don't really have a playlist. I'll just like I'll be in a certain mood. Like one day I wake up and like, y'all want to hear Thug Holiday by Trick Daddy. And then I'll just listen to all Trick Daddy. You know what I'm saying? You're a football guy. The NBA is on hiatus. But I know you, you pay attention to everything. You're a renaissance man. What do you make of the Lakers this season? And is LeBron James the MVP? Yeah, LeBron James is definitely the MVP. And I'm not saying that other guys shouldn't get a vote. I'll tell you who's a dark horse MVP that people really wasn't paying attention to. Chris Paul. Man. <laughs> Like when you think about Chris Paul and 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 that trade that went down, let's just keep it a buck. It was like, oh, let's just let's send Chris Paul to OKC where his career is going to die, and they're not going to pay him the thirty-something million. Like he'll end up being the angry point guard and get shuffled around a few more teams. And he has been cooking this year, putting the team on his back, cooking. But um, but Bron, no, Bron is just Bron got the LeBron effect, man. And I I I usually don't describe anybody's game like that. The only person I ever used the word effect by was Jordan. I'll tell you the Jordan effect, Jordan effect, because Jordan, Jordan forced everybody to play better than what they were. That was the Mm -hmm. Jordan effect. Like he, Mm -hmm. he had that ability to, 
to challenge you, which rose your game, and it made you a better version. It made Steve Kerr a, a more clutch shooter. It made Horace Grant one of the best power forwards. It's, it made Bill Cartwright a, a, a good center. You know what I mean? The list goes on. It made Scottie Pippen the best wingman of all time. But when it comes to LeBron, the LeBron effect is that his game allows you to be better. So, like, sure. he, he puts you in position to be successful versus having to force you to be an exaggerated version of yourself. Now, both ways are effective. I think Kobe followed more of the Jordan effect because he challenged his guys so much that they ha- they didn't want to let him down, and he was like the he was like the dad on the court. LeBron is he's just like the he's not like the the, the father figure on the court. He's just he's like your brother on the court. Yeah, and, and you have like you have more fun with your brother. You know what I'm saying? So like that's that's what that's why I think he should be the MVP. Just he just makes everybody's job so much easier, man. And like. How many guys can go out there and give you buckets and give you assists, give you rebounds, and also defend while making everybody's job easier? Mm-hmm. Like, you know how exhausting that is, bro? Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. You are Seattle Tide, heavy. Um, yes, sir. For you, Jamal Crawford, Seattle through and through. Legend. Anthony Davis told me he's an instant scorer even today. Why do you think Jamal's not on an NBA team, and should he be? Yeah, I mean, if Lou Williams is on the team, and all respect to Lou because he's a walking bucket, um, you know, Jamal was basically the the the, the walking bucket for the last two decades. Um, it is odd that that Jared Dudley is on a roster and Jamal Crawford isn't. Um, Jamal has never went out and said, "Hey, man, I deserve this much money." Like he's a hooper, hooper. I know he's he's made a ton of money. Uh, he's worth umpteen millions. But when it comes to playing basketball, it's always basketball over cash. You never heard of him. You never heard about Jamal Crawford in a contract dispute. Uh, so like, it can't be money. And if you're looking at the bottom of everybody's roster, it can't be talent because there's a lot of dudes out there that, quite frankly, don't match up to a skill set. Uh, I just feel like. Maybe that that style of player is only necessary on a handful of teams, and mm-hmm. those teams have their version of that. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, I think if you're asking him to come off the bench, majority of the teams, they just want role players to come off the bench. We don't need you to get buckets. We got our starters for that. Uh, but the handful of teams that, that do play within that style or that system, uh, I think they found their guy, and they already have that dude on the bench. Last question. I know you got to get back to your kids. How are you managing this as a TV personality um, who has many different roles? Are you doing stuff on Skype? Are you still going on site? How are you? How has your schedule changed with coronavirus? Yeah, um, I, I got the the setup at the house. I just had um, the info network uh, bring in the complete home system, so I can go via satellite and be on any one of our shows, any of our platforms. Um, I also do, uh, you know, interviews in my office, whether it's FaceTime, Skype. Um, so I, I try to stay as active as I can. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. You know, waking up at 4 in the morning isn't easy. So, you know, w- when they said, hey, the show's not going on, um, a part of me is happy because I get to sleep in and relax and spend time with my family. So, um, so yeah, man. Uh you know, I, I just try to stay active as much as I can, but really just spend time with the kids. 
You know, I, I don't get this time often. And my kids are at the point where they'll be out of the house soon. I have a freshman, an eighth grader, and a fourth grader. So uh, my, my my two sons are the two oldest, and in five years, they'll be gone. So these these moments are, are precious. Um, but, yeah. yeah. But I, I got I to gotta go, double back to Jamal because, you know, people love uh, stories on podcasts. Um, yes, sir. I'm kind of like uh, – I'm kind of like Forrest Gump, bro, when it comes to a lot of things. So mm-hmm. when I was younger, uh, Jamal was really tight with my older brother, and we all still are tight. I mean, South Scooby Seattle has produced Radio. all the athletes, bro, and we're we're all we all learn to just like uh, appreciate each other more as we get older. We didn't realize yeah. that we were cooking in this in this pot, but like uh, you know, Nate Robinson, Marvin Williams, the list goes. Or even Philip Heath, who was the seventh uh, seven-time Olympian uh, bodybuilder, uh, Mr. Olympia. So, anyways, but uh, Jamal, he would come over and uh, and he would stay like a week at a time. And he'd ask my pops, everybody called him Big Al, like, yo, Big Al, can I kick it for a day or two? Um, and and he would come through and hang out, bro. And we didn't have money, so we're eating Top Ramen, um, <laughs> um, eating pickles, uh, off-brand sodas, and that was like our meal every day. We'd wake right. up, and we I'd want to go outside and go flirt with girls at the park. My brother would want to go hoop at the park, uh, and Jamal would want to stay in and watch Come Fly On Me every single day. Wow. We'd, we'd eat cereal, and we eat uh, Top Ramen every day and sit in front of that TV. And for us, it's like, dog, come on. Like, you can't watch it for the 20th time in three days. He's like, one more time, one more time, one more time. Um, but that's how much he loved basketball. Like, that was it. And then he'd go in the park and mimic moves and come back we watch it again. And my brother was – him and my brother were the two guys that, like, I ever saw have basketball jobs, you know. And then when I heard the song, I was like, oh, that's these guys because they lived it and breathed it. Jamal was a student of the game, and he was deeply, deeply in love with the sport of basketball. My brother, he he heard about A.C. AJ, AJ, uh, uh, Green. He heard about A.C. Green um, not having sex. So he just remained a virgin until like his early twenties, and wow. uh, and he heard about another athlete, another hooper, not eating candy. So he didn't eat candy all through high school. Didn't drink soda. Like it was crazy. Like I'd be on the phone trying to flirt with girls, trying to figure out a way to to you know take them out on a date so I could make out with them. Um, cool. And and he was in the garage doing pistol Pete dribbling drills, and that wow. was him and Jamal growing up. Um, and my brother ended up playing a couple years in the league, played overseas. Now he's one of the coaches on the Minnesota Timberwolves staff. But, uh, yeah, man, those guys, growing up watching them, I always say, like, if I love if I love football as much as um, my brother loved basketball, I'd be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't find a lot, a, a ton of football players, uh, I don't see it that like football as much as basketball players love basketball. Like, I, I is it, is it, is it, you burn out? Is it? It's just different. Like, who do you see in the NFL that loves basketball that loves football? Like, you know, likes basketball. I I, I believe it's because, um, like you can you can see the wounds, you can see the scars. They run deep when it comes to football players. Basketball is rewarding. I mean, you can get through a season, and the most you have is a sprained ankle because you stepped wrong or came down mm-hmm. on somebody's foot. Um, at the end of a football season. Like, you see physical scars and wounds and stuff that will stay with you for a lifetime. So because of that, like, your love, it, it, the flames slowly 
dies out. You know what I'm saying? Because you, your body starts to talk to you. Um, that's why, like, when you see baseball players and basketball players, they're playing forever. So, like, yeah. you still feel like that kid at the park. In my in my tenth year, I didn't feel like the kid in the park. I feel like the old man, like, you know, asking the young fellas, "Can I can I play play catch with you?" So, yeah. So that that I think that's why, man. The the the, the shelf life it, it allows you to like love the sport longer when you're hooping versus football. Who in the NFL plays? Last question. Who in the NFL to you plays football like basketball? I know you guys use that term a lot. Yeah, we do. Um, I feel like Tom Brady is addicted to the game. That's why he hasn't retired after all of the success. Um, you know, he just there's something about the game that brings him joy, uh, which reminds me of the greats. You know, which reminds it reminded me of Jordan and Kobe in their later years, um, where you're like, dog, you can walk away. It's okay. He can walk away. You're still you're still the, the greatest. Um, mm-hmm. But they couldn't. They couldn't let it go. Um, as far as like. The, the the style of play, I think Lamar Jackson is the closest thing we've seen to Iverson when Iverson was just shaking dudes out of their shoes and and every time he had the ball in his hand it was so entertaining. Um and for his size, it was it was crazy because you're like, damn, Iverson ain't that big. How is he doing this amongst these giants? And the same thing with Lamar. Lamar's slight. He ain't that big, but how's he doing amongst these giants? That's what made uh that's what made his game so good. Um, and then I think uh, Pat Mahomes, he's like Magic Johnson. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like uh, he sees he sees the floor, he sees the court, he sees the field. And even like I mean, so much so he even did a no look pass like Magic used to back in the day. Um, and the reason I say Magic versus LeBron, LeBron's like he's physical, bro. He's like LeBron is like. What Cam Newton was a quarterback, strong, fast, dominant. But Mahomes is more like Magic because Magic was never really the greatest athlete. He just was the slickest, slickest with the ball in his hand, mm-hmm. and he was smarter than everybody on the court. That's Pat Mahomes. He's not the greatest athlete on the field. He can run past you, I guess, but um, really though, he's just the smartest, and he can make every throw on the field, just like Magic can make every pass on the court. Nate, guess what? What's up? You off the high seat, brother. Ah, that's what's up, man. <laughs> Glad we were able to get this done, man. Enjoy your family, and uh, we'll be talking to you down the line. All right, sounds good. Scoop B Radio. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, 
lemon and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 